want you to say out loud after me, repeat these words. Becoming, serving, sharing, preparing. Let's do it again. Becoming, serving, sharing, preparing. Now, if you can kind of wrap your mind around those four words, you get kind of the four pillars that we're focused on uh, as a church. Um, getting today, we want to we start a series called This Is Us. Um, you know, when you look at evangelical churches, uh, most of us pretty much teach the same basic doctrines. We teach on from the Bible through salvation through Jesus Christ and, and a lot of very basic things. What, what distinguishes churches apart really has to do with kind of how they operate and what they focus on. And, and several years ago, when we spent some time really asking God, Lord, what kind of church would you want Chartel to be? Uh, and as we spent time really praying and, and asking God that question, we came back to these four words, becoming, serving, sharing, and preparing. And beginning today, what I want to do is unpack that for you, because I think from time to time, it's really easy to kind of shift away from what you're supposed to be about. And every once in a while, it's just important to remind ourselves, these are the things that we're going to focus on as we do our ministry. And for those of you who are new or nearly new, it gives you a chance to kind of catch a glimpse. What is this church all about? Well, you're going to get a, you're going to get a good look at that. Are you ready to go? Inside your worship folder, you've got uh, sermon outlines. You can take those out and follow along track with me or doodle to keep yourself awake, whatever works for you. Uh, in front of you, in the back of the pews, we'll have scriptures up on the screen, but there are Bibles in the pews in front of you. If uh, you would like a Bible, feel free to take one of those home. Those are our gift to you. Or if you have someone you would like to give that to, that is our gift. We'd be more than happy to make that available to you. Today, I want to unpack this whole idea of becoming. Throw that up on the screen for me, would you please? Our first statement, would you read it out loud with me? Becoming fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. Read it again. Becoming fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. Now, when you think about your walk with God, wherever you are, is this a description that you would use of you? How this became important to us was as we were kind of wrestling with this idea of, you know, how does, who does God really want us to be? We kept coming back to, to this fact. We believe with all of our heart that God wants us to be more than just saved. God wants us to be more than just having made a decision for Jesus. We believe that God, that Christ came from heaven to earth so that we could become disciples of his in other words, we, we, sometimes we use this, this phrase, born again, but we believe that God doesn't want us to stay babies. He wants us to grow up. Amen? In fact, just help somebody out. Just turn to the person you're sitting beside and just say, it's time to grow up. <laughs> Some of you have been waiting all week for that, man. I know. I get you. Yeah. It, it, and, and that's what we want to do. We, 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 believe, we believe that when Christ died for you, he died for you so that he could make you the man or woman of God that you've always dreamed of being and that he envisioned from the beginning of time. In fact, I love one of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis, and I just love how this genius thought about life. But he, he makes this statement in mere Christianity that I think is so good. Put that up on the screen. He says, the church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ and make them little Christ. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other reason. Think about that. He changes us so that we can become little Christ. That's how we get the word 
Christian. Now think about this with me. If you are the only Jesus that some people in this world meet, what kind of Jesus are you being? Our challenge to you is that you become more than just saved, that you become more than just a believer. When Jesus invited his disciples, he said, come and follow me. We hope you become fully committed followers of Christ. Amen? Does this make sense? We say, well, Pastor Steve, what, what does it mean? What, what do fully committed followers of Christ look like? I'm so glad you asked. Here we go. On your outline, track along with me. Fully committed followers, one, they are growing in God's word. They are growing in God's word. I want you to hear this. I'm going to say this so many times. You're going to sick of hearing me say it, but you need to hear this again and again and again. If you do not become a student of the word of God, you will never become the man or woman of God he intended for you to be. Whoa, I did not get one amen on that. Let me, let me try that again. If you do not become a student of the word of God, you will never become the man or woman of God he created you to be. Amen. And because here's the deal. The Bible is the most direct way that God speaks to us. It is his voice that he speaks. You, you, you don't need Steve Childs' words. You need the word of God in your life. It's powerful. In fact, I love how Paul phrased it. Throw it up on. Paul was writing to Timothy. He said, all scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives? How many of you have ever been reading the Bible and all of a sudden you went, ooh, that hurts? Anybody ever done that? Yeah, it, it shows us that it corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. Read the last sentence out loud with me. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now look at me, make eye contact. God uses his word to prepare and equip you. Now, I love you, and I am really thankful that you're here this morning. But if the only contact you have with the Word of God is what you hear from me on a Sunday morning, your spiritual walk is going to be anemic, folks. Our desire for you is not that you become a Bible scholar, but that you spend time regularly leaning into the Word of God so that you're hearing from him directly. And, and we do that a, a lot of ways. Put that statement up on the screen. Now, one of the things that we, we will say was, that, you know what, if you give God the time, we'll give you the tools. Now, this is real, this is real big for me. You know, all my years of growing up uh, in, the, in the church back east, uh, I, I heard from a lot of different people, that, you know, you need to be in the Bible. You need to be in the Bible. But I never had anyone show me what a Bible reading plan looked like or what a Bible study plan looked like. And, and so we want to be a, a church that not only tells you what, we, we want to show you how. And so we'll do that for you from time to time. We'll give you ideas that can stimulate you. In fact, out in the lobby, there is our, our, some packets. This was our, our kickoff that we did last year. We had a theme called Be the Light. And we've got several cool things in that packet, but a few of which, um, when we talk about getting into the Word of God, we have two different Bible reading plans that are 100-day Bible reading plans, where this one is just kind of a general overview of the Bible. This one is called The Essential Jesus. It's spending 100 different Bible readings that'll show you the life of Jesus. There's also a book in there called Sweet Six Sweet Ways to Study Scripture. And we do this because we don't want you to say, gosh, I don't know where to begin or I don't know what to do. We want to not only tell you what, we want to show you 
How? Because here's what I know. The more that you will lean into the Word of God on your own, the more you will become a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The second, fully committed followers are also connected to and committed to community. They're connected to and committed to community. From the beginning of time, when God created us and put us in the garden, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so he gave us the body. In the New Testament, that's why, why, why Christ created the church, is he never expected you to do this on your own. You know, it's just so funny. Sometimes, uh, you know, I'm on a plane and somebody finds out I'm a pastor or, or something and, you know, they want to ask different questions. Every once in a while, I have somebody ask me the question, you know, can you, know, can you, can you, you know, be a Christian and not go to church? And I always go, no, <laughs> no, now, obviously you can, but why would you want to? You see, Christ created you for community. And, and, and part, of, part of what we say when it, to be a fully committed follower, it means that you're connected in ways that God is moving through you. Look at me. If you are saved, if Christ lives in you, here's the deal. You are just as gifted and you are just as called to ministry as I am as a pastor. Doesn't matter what field of work you're going into. You may be going into business, you may be going into coaching, you may be going whatever, it doesn't matter what you do. If the Spirit of God lives within you, the Bible says that you have been given spiritual gifts and God expects you to put those into play in the body of, in, in the body of Christ. You need to find ways to let God move through. That's why over and over again, again, we try to provide opportunities for, for you to serve, for you to connect, for, for you to be involved. What does the church look like? I love this. Every once in a while, somebody will say, Steve, don't you long for the good old days? And I'll say, yeah, as long as those old days are old enough. You know? you know, I'm not interested in going back to the 1960s or the 1950s in the way that the church operated. But here's the deal. I'd love to go back to the first century and be a part of that church. And that's who we really want to be. Now, what did that church look like? Let me give you a picture from Acts chapter 2. Throw it up on the screen for me. All the believers, this is beginning of verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the, groups, for, for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Read it out loud. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's what it means to be the church. And that's why we, again, is when we talk about, you know, what, how do we try to help you to become a fully committed follower? That's why we do Sundays the way that we do. That's why we offer classes for you to go to. That's why we do all of this stuff on Wednesday night. We, we, we try to make as many ways as possible for you to connect so that you can become. Does this make sense to you? In fact, there's a little acrostic I put on your outline as I was thinking about the Acts Church and what it looked like. And, and when you look at it, you know, it was, they, they attended, they connected through sharing their gifts, they tithed, they gave their money, and, and they shared their faith. And that's what it means to be the church. My wife made a comment uh, some years back, and it startled me when she said it, but it, it was, it's, it's a great statement. She said, you know, every once in a while... I, I wish that it would become illegal for us to worship publicly in America. 
you know, we always talk about this persecution. She goes, every once in a while, I don't think it would be a bad thing if we were forced to go underground like countries and other places. Because then we would really appreciate what we have. Now look at me. I want you to hear my heart. One of the things in contemporary America that has robbed the church is this whole idea of church membership. Um, that oh, I just belong to a church. And, and it's so interesting for me. Uh, every once in a while, I'll get a call about somebody who has said that Chartel was their home church. And so I'll get a call from somebody who said, you know, they, they say that Chartel is, is their home church. And, and I'll start giggling and think, well, I think I have seen them once or twice in the last year or so. And they say, well, you know, the, the, I belong to this body. Well, you, you, you don't come, you don't give, you don't serve. So what does that really mean to, to belong? Christ created us for community. That means we're here for each other. Does this make sense to you? And I think sometimes, you know, whether it's attending worship or connecting with classes or, or being a part, I think sometimes we take all that for granted. But what if that was all removed from us? Um, a few weeks ago, I, I get a blog from a guy named James Emery White and uh, he was talking about when he was in Moscow right after the wall came down and the fall of communism and the church was finally allowed to meet publicly. And he was invited by a church that met in a school to come and, and speak uh, at their church. And I, and I thought it was so interesting um, because he said when, when, he, when he went, he said, I was, he said, I just assumed I was the only speaker. He said, I was one of three speakers that Sunday morning at the church. He said, the service was three hours long. And he said, and it just blew him away. And, and he said, afterward, he said, I had to talk to the pastor. And here's, here's what he said. I just thought this was so cool. He said, when it was over, I talked a bit with the pastor of the church. He said, I was surprised not only at the length of their service, but the spirit and energy of the people. He said, throughout the entire three hours, they never let up. In spite of the length of time, they never seemed to tire. Even at the end, they didn't seem like they wanted to go home. James said, you know what? In the States, if you get an hour out of people, you're lucky. He said, man, and you get close to an hour. He said, people are looking at their watches or they're bolting for the door. And he asked the pastor, he said, I, I, you know, help me understand why your people are so different from the people in America. And here's what the pastor said. He said, it was only a few years ago that we would have been put in prison for doing what we did today. We were never allowed to gather together as a community of faith and offer worship to God. And we are just so happy, almost in a state of disbelief that we can do this now publicly together. We love it so much we don't want it to end. And not knowing what the future might hold for us here, we know that every week might be our last. So we never want to stop. We keep worshiping together as long as we can. Pastor Steve, what, what's it mean to really be a fully committed follower of Christ, it means being committed and connected to community. Can I give you one more? It, it, it all, falling, being fully committed followers also means being shaped uh, in attitude and behavior by the Holy Spirit. It means being shaped in attitude and behavior by the Holy Spirit. Look at me. This hurts a bit. God will accept you just as you are. But he does not want to leave you that way. Amen? Come on, how many of you would admit when you came to Christ, you were a mess? 
Yeah. How many of you are still a mess? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah the, the deal is that, again, th there is a shaping that, that needs to happen. So when we talk about what does it mean to be a fully committed follower, this is why we'll often talk about attitudes and behaviors that, that Christ really wants us to have. If we are going to be little Christ, then that means our behaviors, our attitudes, the way we talk, the way we deal with people, the way we deal with others, that ought to resemble Jesus in some form or, or fashion. That, does that make sense to you? And it's not, it, we're not talking about just being spiritual or learning how to speak fluent King James language. You know, we're, we're talking about changing the stuff that really needs to be changed. What does that look like? I love how Paul said it to the, the Galatian church. In Galatians 5, he said, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Read them with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me stop there for a second. How many of you got enough to go home and work on a few things right now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's what, he, that's what he's talking about. Let me keep reading for you. He said, there's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ, listen to what he says, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and have crucified them there. Since, read, read the sentence with me. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And that's why you hear us talk a lot about, that's why we do classes and, and sermon series on marriage and family, because Christ doesn't want to leave you the husband or wife that you were. He wants to change you. He wants to change the way you parent. He wants to change how you are as a worker. He wants to change how you interact with other people. He, he wants to change every single aspect of our life. The challenge becomes, so what part of your life do you really need to lean into God to become more like him? You know, one of the things, uh, Juan, I've been talking a lot about, you know, here uh, down line, we, we want to re start a recovery ministry, you know, here at Chartel. Because we, we believe that every single person has hurts, habits, and hangups in their life that they need to overcome. And we believe with all of our heart that God wants to break those chains and set you free. And so when we talk about these things, we, it's, it's, look at me, come on. We're all flawed human beings, Amen. But we ought to be in this process of growth. In fact, I put this statement on your outline. Throw that up on the screen for me. We will never be perfect, but we should always be changing. Amen? Okay. So what happens, you know, if, if, you, if you really start leaning into this, if you start leaning into his word, if you start allowing God to use your gifts and helping you grow, if you really start letting the Holy Spirit work on this stuff in our lives that need to be worked on, what happens for us? Well, let, let me give you a few. Um, fully committed followers, first of all, th they're more fulfilled. They're simply are, they are simply more fulfilled in their walk of faith. <laughs> Throw that statement up on the screen. I, I, some people have just enough religion to make themselves miserable. How many of you know people like this? Yeah, it, it was so interesting to me, you know, when, when I was growing up uh, back, back east in my church, I thought the words saint and sourpuss were synonymous. Because it was so interesting to me how people who were referred to in our church as being saints, how somehow the stuff they had in their heart had never made its way to their face. You know what I'm saying? 
And, and it was interesting to me. And, and what I realized as I, as I got into adulthood and what I realized looking back is there, there are a lot of people who they get saved, they accept Christ as their Savior, they're forgiven of their past, but because they don't lean into and become, their, their walk with God becomes very stale. And what I want to tell you is if, 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 if you really want a vibrant walk with God, if you really want to experience what it's like to have a faith that you are joyous about, I promise you, it is as you become a fully committed follower of Christ. You know, otherwise, it's kind of like being half in love, you know? Uh, who wants to have a relationship like that? I don't know about you, but I, I want to be all in. And that's, and that's the way it is with Christ. In fact, I, I love, um, you know, when you look at some of the examples of, of, of Paul, I just love this because when Paul uh, leaned into Christ, he was just leaned in all the way. And in fact, I, I love this. Paul he says these in Philippians, throw it up on the screen. Paul said in Philippians 4, he says, I am not uh, saying this. Because I am in need. Listen to this. I have learned how to become content whatever the circumstances. Now look at me. Can we be honest? There are some of us, we're not happy no matter what the circumstances are. Paul said, I've learned to be content. I've learned to be happy, to have joy, no matter what the circumstances are. He said, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I, read it with me, church, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I'm going to tell you that the most fulfilled people in their journey of faith are, are the people who are leaning into God with everything that they have. Jesus said, I will give you a joy. It's a joy the world can't give, and it is a joy that the world can never take away. Amen? Amen. They're more fulfilled. Let me give you a second. Fully committed followers are also, they're more prepared They're more prepared. You know what I hated when I was um, growing up? My wife says I still haven't grown up, but when I was growing up, you know, I hated pop quizzes. You know, because pop quizzes caught you off guard. You know, I always hated, I had this one history teacher in high school that every once in a while you'd walk into class and go, take out a half sheet of paper. I'm going, oh no. You know, and he would give us this pop quiz on what we were supposed to have read the night before. And, and, and you know, again, I, I was smart enough that I could get by kind of studying a little, but I, I was never prepared. And I realized that's what life is all about. Throw that up on the screen for me. Crisis doesn't produce character. It reveals it. When you find yourself in situations, that's not the, that situation is not going to produce character. That situation is actually going to reveal the character you already have. And life is like that. Life is not a test. You don't get to, look at me, you don't get to prepare for most of the things that are going to happen to you. They happen, and you'll discover whether you're ready for them or not. Does this make sense to you? And, and this is why so often it's when we get into crisis, come on, it, it, we, we're, we're very lethargic about our faith with God and our walk with God until we get in over our heads and our marriage is about to fail or we're in financial upheaval or some health crisis and then all of a sudden, baby, we are praying like we never prayed before. I love you, but it's a little late at that point because if you don't have the faith and strength before you got into that, it's going to be a lot harder for you to endure. Does this make sense to you? Um, 
I, I, I thought of when I was writing this, and I, I thought of an old scene. How many of you have ever seen the movie Jaws? For those of you who are young, I know you didn't see it. You got to go see it. It's just, a, you got to see it. It's a great classic. I own all three of them, I think. You can borrow them. But it's, this scene was, was hilarious. This is what came back to mind. I throw that picture up. You're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> You're going to need a bigger boat. Look at me. Too late. Too late. If you remember the movie, Jaws ate the boat, you know, it's just kind of, and, 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 and if you wait till you get in the middle of the storm, or if you wait till you got that shark face to face, you're, you're unprepared for it. What I've discovered, I've, I've walked with people through a lot of life stuff, and, and it happens to all of us, but here's what I've discovered. People who are fully leaning into God, when they get to those moments of crisis, they're ready for them. They're ready for them. Not, not, not that they know that it's coming, but, but they've, they've, they're anchored in the word. It, it's so interesting to me how many times when I'm talking to somebody who's really, really journeying with God, when they'll say, you know what, this thing hit me, but I, I just remember just the other day in my quiet time, God revealed this verse to me. And God gave them what they needed when they needed it because they were leaning into him. Does this make sense? They're, they're just better, they're, they're more prepared. Um, fully committed followers um, leave an impact. Fully committed followers leave an impact. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite old stories from years ago was a, a guy who went to a, a store to apply for a job because he knew there was a guy there named Joe that had worked there and left and went up to the owner of the store and said, uh, hey, he said, I, I, I heard that Joe left. He said, I'd like to, I'd like to apply for that hole that Joe left. And he said, well, Joe didn't really leave a hole. <laughs> Some of you will get that about two or three this afternoon. In other words, Joe had a job there, but Joe really didn't make a difference there. There are a lot of people who come and go in life and, and you barely know that they were here. But let me tell you something about fully committed followers of Christ. As God is working through them, they indelibly touch lives everywhere they go. There, there's a, a passage of scripture that I, I just, I think is so fascinating. Throw that up on the screen from Acts. Acts 5.15, read it out loud with me. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Here's the deal. Who wants to be in your shadow? Who sees so much of Jesus in you, they just want to get close to you? Now, I, I, know, what you're, I, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Peter was an apostle. What did Peter do for a living when Christ called him? He was a fisherman. In fact, what was so startling to the people in Acts was they pointed to Peter and a few of the others, and they said, these guys are unschooled, ignorant fishermen. And how can they be doing the things that they do? You see, you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to have a whole lot of this or that. But if you make yourself available through the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will move through you and touch the people around you. In fact, I'll bet if you sat for just a moment and thought about who are the people along my journey already that have made an impact on me, I promise you for a lot of us, they weren't people who were all of this or all of that, but they were people who were godly, who came alongside us at just the time we needed them, and God used them to impact our lives. 
And that's what God does with us. Does this make sense to you? Man, people who are fully committed followers of Christ, I promise you, they leave an impact. Let me, let me give you one more. Fully committed followers, they're more honored. They're more honored. I, I want you to hear my heart with this. This today is not, not about whether or not you'll slide into heaven. This is about what kind of journey you're going to have here on earth. When, when I was writing this last week, I, I wrote this down, put it up on the screen for me. I thought, you know what? Some Christians just hope to hear, you made it. Fully committed followers of Christ, you know what we're longing to hear? Well done. Well done. Can I circle back to the beginning? If you, this week, are the only Jesus that somebody encounters, what kind of Jesus will they have seen? Please hear my heart. We will never be perfect people. We will never be flawless people. We will never be people who have it all. But today, can we at least make the commitment to take this journey with God to become to the best of our ability with the help of his Holy Spirit, fully committed followers of him? Amen. Rachel, why don't you go ahead and come on back, and I'm going to ask my uh, prayer partners if you guys would go ahead and come on up to the, to the front. I've got Rachel uh, is going to lead us in a, in, a, in a song, and this is just to provide you an opportunity to, to lean into the Lord. And, um, and this morning, um, I just want you, maybe right where you're at, just to sit and allow God to speak to you today and to ask this question, where do you really need to just grow in this journey with him? If God could just help you and take this message and just help you become just a little bit more of his image, what would that look like? And could you just spend a moment today just kind of giving that to him and making that commitment to him? Um, I know that there are a lot of you, you're walking through things and you're going through stuff and some of the stuff that we don't know anything about. And, and some of you just may need a, a time to pray. So a few different ways that you can respond this morning. You can stay where you are, pray in the pew. That's great. There may be some of you who want to slip out. There's an altar on both sides. You can come and just kneel there, pray all by yourself. Just have a moment with God. There may be some of you that have some prayer things that are heavy on your heart. In front of you on the back of the pews, there are some prayer cards. And you can just put that down, and as the song is played, you can hang that on either prayer wall. And this week, our staff, we go through those, and we pray for you. There may be some of you that just would like someone to pray with you. Um, maybe about the message today, may have nothing to do with the message today. Maybe about something that you're facing this week, and are just asking you know, somebody to pray with you about what's coming ahead. And maybe some of you are going through a tough time and just need someone to pray for, for God to give you strength. And, there may be some of you who just need someone to pray and just say, God, I, I need some healing in my heart. I, I don't know what you may need to do, but if you want someone, these prayer partners who are here, that's what we're here for. 
we're here to pray specifically for you. If you can't get out from where you are, if you need one of them to come to you, if you just hold your hand up, they'll be happy to, to come. I know some of us have a little bit of mobility issues and we can't get out, but we'd like someone to pray. You feel free to do that. We'll, we'll come to you. During these next few moments, this is you and God. Any way that we can help you or assist you as you connect with him, that's what we're here for. Let's make the most of this moment. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come before you so grateful for your grace today. Grateful that you accept each and every one of us just as we are with all of our flaws and all of our failures. Sometimes we feel uh, a lot like the, the disciples you had and when they started following you, there was still so much stuff that needed to be changed in their life. But you took them as they were. And by your spirit, you grew them into men of God. And, and Lord, I, I believe with all of my heart that that's what you want to do for us. And so this morning, Lord, if there's anyone in this place that has never committed their life to you, that has never opened their heart and asked you to forgive their past and to make them a brand new creation, Lord, today I pray that they would pray that prayer that they would take that step, that they would hear you as you say in your word, that you stand at the door and knock. And if anyone will just open that door, you'll come in and you'll change their lives forever. And for those of us who have prayed that prayer, God, don't let it stop there. We don't want to just be saved. We don't want to just have made a decision for you. We want to become fully committed followers of your so stretch us, grow us, change us. Help us to become students of your word. Help us to become open to the work of your Holy Spirit. Help us to connect ourselves to community and discover, as you say in your word, that as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Lord, there are people on this planet that have very little access to you. And for some people, we might very well be the only essence of Jesus that they see. And though we know we will never be perfect, would you help us to be all we can be? Would you help us to let your spirit work and live through us so that when people see us, they see you? In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen.